Episode of Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. This is where we get to talk about our five favorite topics John, Paul, George, Ringo, and sometimes the Beatles, which we're going to be doing a little bit today with a couple little new releases that everybody's talking about. And I get to do that with my three buddies here. But first, I'm Tom Hunyadi. You may know me from my other show, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast. Uh, it's all things a solo McCartney that I get to do with my buddy. Andy Nichols, and I am joined by, again, three wonderful people that I'm so grateful. I mean, obviously, it's, no, what, November, and it's time to be grateful, right? So we're grateful <laughs> that I get to, to do this do this with three wonderful people that uh, just, uh, you know, I'm so, so grateful, again, that I get to know, that I know these people and get to do this show with. So, but first, we're going to start off with, uh, I, I mean, I don't know why he's here or not, how, why he's not sleeping after that mar- another marathon session with Peter Jackson, <laughs> you know, but but he's dedicated to his trade. He's dedicated to his work. And that is uh, Ken Michaels, who we all know as as one of the co-hosts of Every Little Thing, uh, the show that he does with Alan Cozen and Darren DeVivo. And, you know, just celebrating 400 episodes on that, which congratulations, uh, Ken. And uh, and then another wonderful episode, another three and a half hour episode with Peter Jackson, which is just amazing. You also know him from his uh, syndicated show, Every Little Thing. And he's also got his YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radios. Ken, how are you, my friend? Are you? I mean, are you? Oh, are you able to talk? I mean, I mean, are you okay? Do you need a, you know, a break? Or... <laughs> in, in famous words of Ralph Cramden, "Yahama hama hama hama." No, really. Oh. I've, I've been so lucky and so blessed with this thing with Peter Jackson coming back onto our show. I wasn't expecting it to be close to four hours like the first show was. And it still turned out to be three and a half hours. You know, it's just right. easy to have a conversation with him. And once he starts going, you just let him talk. So, <laughs> let him go. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're very lucky to have had him on. And um, for those that don't know, we just had our 400th episode of Things We Said Today. And it just so happens that Peter was was watching the show. And even though from time to time, we always say, Peter, we'd love to have you back. Darren said it in our show, Darren DeVivo, and Peter heard it and said, sure, love to come on with all the news about now and then and the red and the blue and more about Mal software and all that. So, yeah, can't believe it happened, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) he just couldn't be any nicer and more generous with his time. And uh, we're very lucky and. For those of you who can, please check out the show. Yep. 
Excellent. 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 Next up, we have a wonderful content creator on YouTube. He's got his own channel, Mean Mr. Mayo. All things Beatles, all things solo Beatles, record store day videos, rant videos, you name it. He does it. He is Joe Mayo. Joe, my friend, it's always good to see you. How are you doing? Thank you, Tom. Doing well. And I'm so glad to be here for this show, two and one. And also, yes. uh, congratulations again, Ken. That was a, a fantastic interview. I don't want to spoil it for people who didn't didn't hear it, uh, but some very good information, <laughs> among, among other things there. So good to see you, Kit. Hello, Kit. Don't forget oh. Kit. Uh, and no, I'm chop liver. That's okay. <laughs> chop liver tonight. You're what? You're the last. Wow. The queen of she's the queen of chop liver. She's the queen <laughs> of all things, all things Beatles related media. She's the queen of backdrops. The queen of the red lipstick. You know her. You love her. She's Kittle Tool. She's the author of of the of the excellent uh, book songs that we were singing, guided towards the Beatles' lesser known tracks. She also has the Beatles FAQ. Uh, book and she also has the, uh, the 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 book she edited with um with uh, our buddy Ken Womack, right? What was the name That's of that right. one again, Queen? Um, Fandom and the Beatles. They actually known for all these years. Go. Yep. And yes. I I can brag about one thing though. I was uh over this past weekend. I finally got to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and songs we were singing is now in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame library. I saw it in there. I gave it hey. to them myself, and uh, and they already had Michael Jackson FAQ, but I signed it for them. And so because of that, it's now in the what's called the restricted area Ooh. of the library, which is where all the signed copies are, the rare editions, the oversized uh, books and everything. So, uh, so. I am a very happy nerd right now that I'm. <laughs> that is awesome. Congratulations. That's awesome. Too. Yeah, Thank congratulations. You. She's also part of another show called Top for Most of the Poppermost. Mm -hmm. So, as again, we welcome Kittle Tool to the show. Now, today, like Joe said, it's a twofer. Right, we're getting two Ooh. two topics for the for the price of one. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the, the red and the blue. We're going to give our thoughts and opinions on 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 these uh, on these beauties, and then we're also going to celebrate the the 50th anniversary because 1973 is the best year, uh, the best year for solo Beatles, and it was also the greatest year because you know it's the 50th anniversary of me as well. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna do a little appreciation for the Ringo album today as well but before we get all to get to that I'm, we're gonna do uh, one of my favorite segments of the show and that's the news by ken michaels ken let's hear it okay you were born at the right time tom yes i was <laughs> before i start the news just want to let you guys know that all day today i've had problems with the internet i lose it it comes back I lose it again, it comes back. So if that happens during this broadcast, please excuse me, I'm doing everything I can to, to make it for the show. So uh, we'll start with a lot of chart news here. And after waiting with much anticipation, we find out that the Beatles' new single for Now and Then debuts in the U.S. on Billboard's Hot 100 at number seven. Now, this makes it the group's first top 10 hit since Free as a Bird, released the end of 1995, and it's also the group's 35th top 10 hit overall. The single garnered over 11 million streams with 73,000 physical and digital sales after its release on November the 2nd. 
Now, after hearing that the song made it to number one uh, on both iTunes and Spotify, I must correct myself, Spotify in the UK went to number mm. one. Um, it also made it to number one on UK's official singles charts. This is now the Beatles' first number one on that chart since The Ballad of John and Yoko in 1969, and it would be the band's 18th UK chart topper. However, that was last week. <laughs> this week <laughs> to number six. And with special thanks to Fred Velez, one of our viewers, Mr. Monkey fan there, our monkey man, uh, Ringo's single for Rewind Forward spent one week on their charts. Mm. Number 11. I had wow. no, I normally would not even look online but you can you can see it on their charts there. which chart which chart was this that is the um the uk official singles charts which we've been looking at because of now and then for the most part now there's another chart there the uk oh. official physical singles charts dealing strictly with physical sales two weeks ago now and then was number one i just want to add to that the rolling stones were at number 10 with sweet sounds of heaven with Lady Gaga and Stevie Wonder. The Stones were at number 11 with Angry. And Mickey Dolenz of the Monkees was at number 12 with Shiny Happy People. He just released the oh. of R.E.M. songs. This week on that chart, Now and Then holds at number one. Sweet Sounds of Heaven is 13. Angry is 14. And Shiny Happy People is at number 18. And Ringo's Rewind Forward is on that chart at number 25. Now get this. This is something... <laughs> I would never look at this chart normally. It's only because of now and then that I'm even bothering going online. But Ringo's song called World Go Round from EP3 is at number 43 after 48 weeks on their chart. And it says at number one, you could go online and look yourself. I had no idea. I certainly didn't. I didn't even look to see. Usually I do. I didn't look to see where Rewind Forward got on, like, say, Billboard even, the whole thing. I believe it didn't even make the top It two. didn't make the chart this time. Oh. Yeah. Usually but, uh, it makes, they make the, they've been made the charts a lot of times. Huh? But all these 60s artists doing well here. Oh, fantastic. Wow. Now, then there's the news about the Beatles compilations, 1962 to 66 and 67 to 70, better known as the Red and the Blue albums. They debuted high on the UK album charts with the Blue album at number two and the Red album at number mm. three. The Fab Four could not dethrone Taylor Swift's 1989 Taylor's version sitting on top of the album charts. And on their official physical albums charts, they have that for albums in the UK. The Beatles' Blue Album debuts at number one, with the Red Album at number two. There was an interesting article that I read from uh, Special Edition, the Super Deluxe, what was that? Yeah, Super Deluxe Edition, yeah. And it's basically, they've packaged the Red and the Blue together as a box, right. and that was a separate chart. Right, chart, if right. On that, if everything were just single releases between the Red and the Blue, then it's possible that the Beatles... Right. Could have uh, beat out Taylor Taylor Swift. A lot of people have pointed that out. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, John Lennon's website now has a page for the archival box set for Mind Games called Mind Games: The Ultimate Collection. The page just gives the bare facts. Seventy-two tracks, 
six CDs, and two Blu-rays due out June. Just effects. Before. Yeah. And Ken, I'm sure you'll be somewhat a little interested in that album, right? You'll be a little interested. <laughs> That's your favorite album, John album. It's mine. Yes. Yeah. I'm saying. I think you'll be interested right. in that. And just like we had it with the box sets for Imagine and Plastic Ono Ben, there will be a separate book being released from Mind Games as well. Yes. Len and Kim doing it right. I mean, they just do a stellar job with their box sets. I believe I heard 72, 72 tracks. Yeah. That's yeah, what were... oh, I'm sorry. I'm okay. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> four items here. The Telegraph reports that Paul McCartney is releasing an album featuring two unreleased songs, <clears throat> but you can only hear it on a children's audio player. The album is called Say Hello to Paul McCartney, and it will feature songs from Paul's solo career. Um, the unreleased songs are called Hey Grand Dude and Hey Nan Dude, two instrumental themes that accompany audio readings of his children's book series, Hey Grand Dude. They will be released on Yodo, a portable audio device aimed at children aged 3 to 12 that play audio cards that slot into its top. Sir Paul was an early investor in the product, which is seen by parents as a more wholesome alternative to screams. The company is now moving into adult music for children, which introduces young listeners to classic pop and rock. Two Beatle cards are already available, each described as though they are the selections in the Red and the Blue collections. Paul is said to be such a fan of the band that he bought Yodos for colleagues with children. Now, I do have the track listing here which is a very interesting mm -hmm. set list of songs. Um, 14 tracks altogether, again called Say Hello to Paul McCartney. Starts with Grand Dude theme, then Dance Tonight, Little Willow, Part of the Country, Mary Had a Little Lamb, We All Stand Together, Great Day, Mama's Little Girl, Calico Skies, Let Em In, Mulla Kintyre, Winter Bird When Winter Comes, Who Cares, and Nan Dude mm. Very interesting choice of songs there. Of course, some of them targeted to children. Mary Had a Little Lamb and all. But uh, right. yeah, another interesting way of getting his music out there to a young audience. I like the addition of Who Cares. I mean, I mean, it's a great... Um, oh, a bullying you song. Know, yeah. For, yeah, a great you know, song for... Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I, I'm I'm very impressed with this with the selection. Little Willow, beautiful mm. song there. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And Paul McCartney's recent best-selling book, Lyrics, which has him telling the stories behind songs spanning his entire career, has just been released as a paperback book, and it includes his stories behind seven new song commentaries, not in the original hardcover mm. book. Oh. These are for the songs Bluebird, Day Tripper, English Tea, Every Night, Hello Goodbye, Magical Mystery Tour, and here's an interesting choice Step Inside Love. Oh. She gave to Scylla Black. All right, a few special events we got to mention here. Of course, the Fest for Beatle fans is happening February 9th through the 11th at the TWA Hotel at JFK. Special guests. And there's a long list here, and there'll be more to be added. But um, just running off this list, Jenny Boyd, Billy J. Kramer, Lawrence Juber, Steve Holly, Greg Bissonette,
Chris O'Dell, Gary Evans, it's Mel Evans' son there, uh, Mark Rivera, who I believe is just on the Saturday, uh, Angie and Ruth McCartney, Jeff Slate and his band Weekend Wilburys. Just added was Gary Burr, did a great interview with us on Things We Said Today, member of the Roundheads, wrote a lot with Ringo. Uh, the Weaklings, authors Alan Cozen, Adrian Sinclair, Ken Womack, Bruce Spizer, Kid O'Toole, uh, Jude Kessler, Jay, Jay Bergen, David Bedford, Madeline Baccaro, Chuck Gunderson, Pierce Hemerson, Terry Crane, Sarah Schmidt, Steve Matteo, and Michael Ventrella. And I just saw uh, Mark Lapidos a few days ago, and he said they're aiming at getting some uh, other A-listers for the event. Always yeah. go to thefest.com for more information. You know, it's just that the tickets, I mean, they, they, you know, they're on sale now. And uh, I just came back from a big Oklahoma trip, but now it's also Christmas shopping. It's not the best time for this. I want to get the tickets early, if I'm, you know. But. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And if you want rooms, I think the TWA hotel is sold out, but there's an overflow hotel that's yeah. still available. Okay. So much to look forward to there. 60th anniversary of the Beatles' arrival, yep. celebrating it there at the right place. Um, also, want to remind everybody that uh, this coming weekend, Friday and Saturday, uh, the band Wondrous Stories, I bring up this show every now and then here, now and then. Um, the concert for Bangladesh revisited. That's going to happen whether you know, whether you <laughs> yep. plan it or not. Exactly. It's a subliminal thing. Um, the concert for Bangladesh revisited. This band, who is an amazing band that can play anything, progressive rock, classic rock, you name it. Every single year they put on this show, the concert for Bangladesh revisited. They, they play every song that was done at the concert for Bangladesh, not just Georgia stuff, but Ringo, Bob Dylan, Leon Russell uh billy preston you name it indian music to to represent ravi shankar um and it will be taking place at the space in westbury long island they're actually doing two shows this friday and saturday and they will have special guests at both shows joey molland of badfinger and steve holly from wings uh performing during those shows and it's an amazing concert not just for the bangladesh music but then they do a whole other set after that. I mean, it's a really long show. It goes on for a good three hours. Uh, one of the best concerts you'll ever see with fantastic musicians in this band. Um, and also the group Theater Within, they're putting on the, four, the uh, 43rd annual John Lennon Tribute Show at Town Hall in New York City on December the 2nd, being headlined by Graham Nash. Okay, uh, that's all the news I have this time. All right. Wow. Okay. Anyways, getting back to today's show, the red and the blue. What do we think now? Before we get to actually the the, the tracks here, I, I'm curious what you guys think. I mean, because you know, obviously we we've done shows with all of these remixes, starting with Sgt. Pepper. You know, we got the White Album, Abbey Road, Let It Be. Um, just in a real quick nutshell kit, you can start us off. I mean, what have you think? What have you thought about the remixes? This, this whole re remix um, craze that we've been going through in in general, Giles Martin. You know, I mean, what what do you think about the job that's uh, that you know with the releases that we've been getting so far? Well, you know, I I mean, sometimes you think, you know, why do we need yet another remix, right? I mean, you think, well, you know, do we really need these songs again and again and again? And and 
you know, and particularly with with this, <laughs> you know, with the red and blue. And we've talked about this a little bit before. And and I was one of the skeptical ones with this particular release. You know, this thing do do we really need this again? We had one, you know. Uh, particularly, you think, what well, do we really need this? Um, I'll tell you after, and we'll we'll go through this in detail in just a minute. But I, I really have have changed my mind somewhat because, in a way, the you know these mixes do invite you to re-listen, you know, to songs that you have heard, you know, almost your entire life, and listen to them with fresh ears and 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 get to reappreciate you know to appreciate them anew um now are you always going to agree with the choices that the remixer makes because let's face it you know it's it's kind of a subjective you know there, there may be subjective choices that the mixer will will make and the, the producer will make um and you're going to sit there and say you know where's that where's that cowbell you know, that I'm used to hearing here. Where's that, you know, that guitar note? I'm not hearing this, right. you know. So you're going to have quibbles, and, and I'm sure in a minute we're going to air them all. <laughs> glad, glad we didn't get too much cowbell. I was afraid of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can never know. You can never have enough cowbell, Joe. Come on. Oh, but... well, no matter, no matter what Christopher Walken says. Yep, <laughs> I think come on. I got a fever it. and the only cure is cowbell. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but... You know, so there's always going to be disagreements and, and everything, but, um, you know, but it, it does give you a chance to, you know, reassess and, and revisit with, with some fresh ears material that you've heard again and again. Right. Um, and this is a good example of that. Um, and, and, you know, we can debate this and everything, but I will say um this project in particular kind of changed my mind you know i thought i was very skeptical mm. about this uh but listening to this you just kind of think you know damn day tripper is a great song isn't it <laughs> you know <laughs> this really kicks butt right you know i mean it it really it really does and uh so i mm. have to say you know this this converted me a bit with these mixes. okay excellent Ken, your thoughts on the last six years of uh, of remixes? Well, you know, I think one of the smartest things I've ever said <laughs> uh, in my years in broadcasting with remixes still applies to this day. Um, because part of me, I've come to discover is somewhat of a purist. Because to me, the Beatles catalog is as close to perfect as you can possibly get. I mean, there are some things you could complain about, I'm sure. But I've always been quite pleased with growing up, hearing those recordings, the way I heard them as they came out in the 60s, as the Beatles approved it. And when it comes to all these box sets, when they come out, my first, the first thing I go to are all the alternate takes and the unreleased stuff. The remixes are my last concern. But there are times when I'll listen to the remixes and I'll be blown away by what I've heard. Not that long ago, I heard the Sgt. Pepper remix and I couldn't believe, my God, the bass <laughs> on on with a little help from my friends and all. It's just it's it's right in your face. But you know, I, I have a difficult time wrestling with this because, like I said, I believe, you know, the Beatles catalog to be as close to perfect as possible. And um, even if you're hearing things 
that you hadn't heard before, is that necessarily a good thing? Maybe there's a reason why they didn't want you to hear these things in the and we'll talk right. about that with a, a few specific songs that I'm going to bring up here with these remixes. But um, you know, the thing I said about remixes years ago is it's just another way of listening to this. It right. doesn't. This has to be the way that you accept it now. And when you hear like the ultimate mixes, it's all it's implying that this is the best you're going to get or something. When to me. You know, the way we grew up with it, put it to you this way. If I was raising my kids right now, I'd want them to be brought up first on the original mixes, no matter what. Right. And then if they want to explore different remixes and hear the things in, in the songs, that's fine. That's up to them. But I know that there are a lot of people who are very fussy about sound quality and mixing. And we're living in an age where you got dolby atmos and all this other stuff and 5.1 and it's it's just so advanced now with what you can do that a lot of people want to explore everything and that's fine so i think i'm just giving myself as much time as possible to accept the remixes some of them i like a lot some of them i will debate was this really necessary when something is a really drastic difference in the mix mm -hmm. like we brought up helter skelter you know, at the very end, I've got blisters on my fingers. The remix is really soft. You know, in the what's the purpose behind that? <laughs> you know, you got to keep thinking, you know, and I'm sure Giles Martin, you know, he's done some fantastic work, no doubt about it. But I just want to know the reasoning when there's any kind of real big difference, as we'll bring up in a few of the songs here in these right. collections. Right. But, you know, I'd like to keep an open mind to this. I don't mind hearing remixes when I hear things I didn't hear before. Uh, it's a cool thing in a way, but I, I don't know if there'll ever come a time when, when I'll ever think of anything other than the original mixes as the real thing. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, you know, I, I look at these at like as, as fun experiments, right? I mean, like I said, I mean, a lot of these songs have layers to them. And some things are buried. Some things get brought up. And, and those are the kinds of things that I appreciate. And like you said, Ken, we always have the original stuff to go back to. You know, mm. we don't have to take this as gospel or or whatever. I mean, this is this is just an experiment. If you enjoy it, then that's great. You, I mean, if mm. this is your go-to now, then you go to it. You know, yeah. and and then and that's great. You know, so so Joe, I know you've been talking a lot about this lately. I mean, yeah. what are your thoughts? I know you're very opinionated on these remixes. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, <laughs> first of all, about the we always have the originals. As long as us older collectors own them physically, yeah. I wonder if they're going to be as time goes on the ones that are going to be repressed. There might be the new ones that are going to be repressed. Um, I also think that. I think the idea of making these sound the way they do now is to 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 maybe appeal to younger audiences, maybe. Um, so the idea, I mean, I with respect with Ken, I mean, Ken was saying I would, you know, I would probably have my kids or listen to the originals first. You know, the Beatles have a like a, a flawless catalog and they have a perfect catalog, right? The songs are not what I'm quibbling about, uh, but. Uh, it's a matter of opinion, but it could be argued that uh, that doesn't mean the mixes were always the best. Like I, you know, I think Ringo's drums were, were too muted in the early tracks, which is mm -hmm. largely improved here, in my opinion. Um, and I never really personally, even though I grew up, like Ken said, with these are the albums I grew up with, the stereo ones, um, the Capitol and 
and even if you listen to the UK originals, you know, with the stereo, you know, the hard panning vocals one side uh, and the music on the other, I never thought that was optimal way of listening to that. And apparently, neither did John Lennon, uh, because mm-hmm. even on that famous Dennis Elsus interview I mentioned frequently, he said uh, that, was, that was brought up by Dennis Elsus, and he said, yeah, I don't know why the hell we did that. I'll have to ask George Martin. You know, because uh, he wasn't, you know, he was, and he wasn't wild about the quality of the 1973 uh, editions of the Red and the Blue. He said he, he said at the time he, he brought it back, and it was embarrassing mm. in his mind. Some of the tracks survived, but then he he mentioned how uh, Revolution, for example, in the in the 1973 we're talking about version was a heavy record, and they made it into a piece of ice cream. You know, as what well, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but that's what he but. Let's let me just say, like Kit was saying, um, I agree a lot with with what Kit was saying. Now, I, I, I've I've been able to go here and own up to this on record that when it comes to Giles Martin stuff, I like stuff that he's done, and some stuff I, I'm not too wild about. And for me, it depends on the track in question. You know, we talked about Helter Skelter. And I could, I'm not going to, even right now, we wouldn't pick certain songs. Other things, I'm like, wow, I love what he did with that. And other songs, I'm like, ah, oh, that's a disappointment for whatever. All subjective. Mm-hmm. But I really, overall, the red and the blue, I've listened to these a couple of times all the way through. And, and one of them, you know, on a long drive. Um, I really like the result overall. And... You know, yeah, there's things I'm going to nitpick. There's things I didn't like. There's things that I did like, you know, a mixed bag. But I think this might be my favorite uh, job that Giles Martin has done so far overall, especially the red, especially. Um, Yeah. uh, Prior to that, I thought it was Pepper. You know, it was maybe the one I give the most points to. But, uh, yeah, I'm overall happy. There's, yeah, so, the, you know, we'll talk about little things that we're right. not so crazed about. But, um, okay. yeah, these might be my go-tos yep. now a lot of times. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, the other thing, too, is is up to this release, all of these CD releases were pretty much kept the integrity of the original releases, right? I mean... Things were allowed. I mean, if they were on two CDs, they, even though they could have been joined on one CD, they kept them in two CDs. Their track order has always been the same. But this, we finally, between the between the the vinyl and between the CD, we have a different track listing. And I wonder, you guys, which you prefer? Do you like the fact that the CDs are in chronological order, or did you like it, um, the you know the original way, the way you know it was released? I mean, what did you think about the different track uh, listings for the, the vinyl versus uh, CD? Well, I prefer it when it's chronological. I don't want all the bonus tracks kept to the side and put together on, you know, one disc or right. one album. I agree. I prefer the chronological. Yeah. 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 I Although, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I, I prefer it generally, but, um, you know, I got the CD version um and uh i yeah i mean i i guess it doesn't really i'm not that strict about it um so i i wasn't that upset about it but i guess generally i prefer chronological Mm. yeah i i I, (laughs) um yeah i think i like chronological too you know with, with anything with any like greatest hits or compilation 
Um, matter of fact, one of my favorite uh, box sets of all time was the uh, the four CD Rod Stewart box set from I think like '89 or '90, yeah, and then I, I like how that, that yeah that went in the chronological order yeah uh, as well. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot more fun to see the the the, the progression of the artist, mm -hmm. you know, from one period into the next. You know, you, you hear you know you know love me do and please please me, and then you know finishing up with you know I want you she's so heavy is just mm -hmm. You yeah, know, you can just, you know, really trace the author's the, yeah, the, right. artistic yeah, exactly. growth. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, and then lastly, before we get into, um, you know, without even getting, you know, specific or whatever, the bonus tracks, you know, we'll get into that a little bit too. Um, the fact that they added bonus tracks with it, are you guys, were you guys okay with that? Were you guys happy about that? I mean, obviously, you know, with the Red Album, we wanted as much as we could get, right? Because we haven't heard any of those re remixes yet. But when when it comes to the blue album, you know, were you satisfied with the with the tracks that they uh, with that that they included, Joe? Well, the only reason um, I like in the red album to have extra tracks was because I wanted to get a sneak preview of right. the early albums what we're gonna, we might get. Overall, I don't think I felt that they needed they needed any extra tracks on here, but I'm okay with it. And I think every fan is going to say. You know, this shouldn't have been. Why was this included as as another new track oh, to yeah. be on here? Why not this? Everybody's doing that. Every a lot of votes for rain out there. They want rain on here, and then a lot of people asking, as I am too. Even though I like Glass Onion a lot on the White Album, why Glass Onion on here? You know, that seems to be yeah. two popular ones. Everybody wants rain, and nobody <laughs> understands why Glass Onion is on. And we've talked about this on various shows, but. We're going to do it here as well for people who haven't seen yeah. us all together here. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so it's all subjective. And, uh, you know, right. we can get into individuals if you want or later choices. What yeah, we you will in a second. Want. Yep. Yeah. Kit, your Yeah, thoughts? I don't have a problem with bonus tracks because, in fact, I was <laughs> thinking about that. It's kind of nice, a little more bang for the buck in, in a way. And mm -hmm. it presents, you know, I keep thinking about this. If this is going to be for maybe a more casual fan who wants to get a, a, a broader picture of what the Beatles are all about. Uh, this is a nice package. Right. You know, this is, you know, even better than, than the seventies version. And if, if you want to look at it that way, but yeah, it's why particularly on the blue album, why those, <laughs> you know, not right. that we don't like glass <laughs> onion, not that we don't like, I want you. She's so heavy, but you know, why those, uh, right. you know, I, mm. I'm sure yeah, we all would have, you know, selections that we, we would have chosen that would have been different. But I don't have a problem with bonus tracks in general. For right. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. Ken? Uh, may I echo those words, Kit? Yeah, you no sure can. Steal them. Bonus <laughs> tracks. Um, there's so much room on the Red Album to have bonus tracks. I'm glad they gave you so much. But but plenty of them I kind of feel are just very random, especially on the Blue Album. Like you said, Glass Onion. I'm very happy that Within You Without You is getting the acknowledgement yep. that it is. But I'm sure that there are some fans who would prefer other material. Um, you take a look at certain albums like Abbey Road. I mean, almost the entire album, except the medleys, are on the... Are yeah, on yeah. The yeah. Same thing for Revolver has a lot of tracks, too, on the... Yeah. Uh -huh. 
Well, that was a good thing about this because Revolver really got the short shrift. Was underrepresented originally. Yes. Right. And and Rubber Soul was given a lot of attention on the Red Album. Right. Before, and now yep. finally Revolver is getting its due. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I like the fact that there's more George Harrison here. For sure. Um, yes. You can tell there was, you know, some politics involved, I'm sure. Um and I also love the fact that they have cover versions in here because the Beatles did great cover versions. If you're going to have any yeah. cover version, you got to have Twist and Shout because it was a massive hit. It was a hit twice. Um, it's up to you what your favorite cover versions are. I love You Really Got a Hold on Me. There are other songs I would pick over that. Yeah. Rock and Roll Music yeah. or Long Tall Sally. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, but like you said, Glass Onion... You know, there's so many great songs from the White Album. Why'd you pick that one? Yeah. Um, hey, Bulldog, I'm very happy that it's on there. Mm. That's just a great rocker. So um, I have no problem with all the bonus tracks they want to put on there. It's just the ones that they chose at times. They could have uh, right. made their selections. You know, there are certain ones like, since And I Love Her is on the Red Album, how could If I Fell not? <laughs> Right. You know, great <laughs> songs from A Hard Day's Night. They were both part of the same single in the U.S. You know that to me is an absolute must. If, well, you... if I can interject, Ken, you see the thing. Like what I want to say here, sometimes I think I, I've been saying this a lot. Like leave something for the regular catalog albums. It's like you know we're going to have both. And I love her. And if I fell, some people are like, uh -huh. why not? I should have known better too. And why not? It's like what leave something for A Hard Day's Night and the other albums. In, in my opinion. Yeah, I see your point. But to me, anything that was a major hit. And in the right. case of, um, well, I feel fine. She's a woman was the flip side. And that made the top 10 here. And that's not on here. And P.S. I Love You made the top 10 here. Yeah. And that's not on here. So to me, the songs that were big hits should all be represented. And if you've got four CDs to represent yourself, you know, you could fit those songs on there. To me, I, I would... Right those before some of these other ones that's just right. my opinion. i'm i'm kind of surprised in a way that the stuff from more more tracks even though there was only a handful of the tracks from yellow submarine weren't weren't on here obviously we got the hey bulldog but that kind of then in a way gives me hope that we are going to get going to get something hopefully in the future yeah uh, some kind of yellow submarine and magical mystery tour i mean there's there's still a couple tracks um you know we didn't get it flying or blue jay way or your mother should know um you know still no love for only a northern song or you know it's all too much so uh -huh. you know in a way i'm, I'm kind of hoping then we are going to get something you know whether they combine the two or or release them separately um but but uh, i would have liked to have seen you know uh yellow submarine get a little bit more representation on here but you know again like like joe said i mean all of us are like snowflakes right our lists are going to be different you know, we're never going to agree on, yeah. on the same. On I the think, same do you want to know a secret? Even though, do you want to know a secret? Yeah. It's never been one of my favorites. Oh, I, uh, I mean, I like it, but it's not a big favorite. But I think it should be on here over, yeah. say, Roll Over Beethoven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agree with yeah. you. That's another one. Yeah. It's a number two in America. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, well, let's start with the the one that we were all dying to to hear. Let's start with the red. Let's, let's get our thoughts. Um, you know, hits, misses, the good, the bad, the ugly. Kit, let's start with you. Um, what your what your thoughts on the the package as a whole, and what did what didn't, and what did work for you? 
Okay. Well, I, yes, I was particularly excited to, uh, to hear this and, uh, and yeah, there were a number of, of highlights here. I mean, when I heard love me do uh, at, you know, the, the on the now and then sing um and single uh, i was really excited about that i still think that's a that's a standout um and uh you know the the bass is really uh prominent and by the way mm -hmm. uh that's a that's on a number of uh, of cuts here and i think that you know we talked earlier um about how i think that that giles martin is remixing a lot of these songs to appeal to younger generation and certainly you know i think that's the was the case with the the two of us tom that i think we're probably used to mm. hearing more bass and i think younger right. people even more so and so this is a good example of of a song that's mixed maybe for you know younger ears but i'm okay with with it in this case because you get to hear you know some of paul's great bass and we'll hear that on, on right he's one of the great bass players of all time or some consider him the greatest bass player of all times why not bring you know him his, his bass although i thought i was disappointed i thought the bass at least when i listened wasn't as, as up as i thought it should, it would be it should be on the other than love me do yeah yeah <laughs> if i can interject that while i think of it you know yeah. no i i thought it, i mean my opinion was it was enough i mean you don't want it because they're there were some songs that I thought it was up a little too much, you know, that uh, you don't mm. want it too prominent. On the and, early ones, you say? Yeah, but there was, well, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, but I uh, think I know uh, the one. Yep, uh, <laughs> but, uh, har but the harmonica just jumped out of the speakers. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul and John's vocal sounded great. Well, you can certainly hear how, yeah. really hear how nervous Paul was on this version. Uh, please Please Me, uh, I thought, you know, Paul uh, Ringo, sorry, Ringo's drums, sounded you know much clearer i thought there was a little less reverb on this mix so you could hear it better again bass more up front but not too much uh you could really hear um you know john's voice um you know the kind of a little bit of a raspiness a bit better in in this i really like this this might be my go-to mix uh from now on mm. i really like this version I saw her standing there. I really thought you could hear that kind of chugging bass line even more. That's key to the rhythm in this. Uh, loved hearing the rhythm and lead guitar. Um, you could hear it, I think, like even, I'm not sure, but I think you could hear it in both channels a little better. Uh, has a fuller sound. Um, you know, just sounds a bit more modern, you know. Mm. Uh, from me to you, again, I like the reverb's been turned down a bit. The bass, again, more prominent especially in the instrumental section. You know, I think you can really hear how it's working with John's harmonica in, in there. I, I thought that was interesting. Here's one of my, my um, thumbs down moments on this, uh, the ugly. Um, I didn't like She Loves You on this. Mm. I thought, oh, I yes. wait. thank you, Tom. Yes. Yeah, I, I thought that was flat. It just sounded flat. Was, I found that muddy. Or yes. It, it, yeah. The vocals. Yeah. Yep. Really disappointing. Yeah, I was, I was really, and I was waiting for that. You know, Ringo's into the, you know, uh, you know right. That, yes. That you know, mm. lacking energy. So that's a that's a thumbs down. Um, probably, like a, I'm sorry, uh, like a generation loss or something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, when it's much the the tracks before that were much brighter and punchier, and this was like, yeah. 
Yeah, this that's that's like the a thing. Copy of a copy. Yeah. Right. What, Joe? I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry. It's jar, you know, because it was jarring too. Because I love. I mean, I hope you don't mind me interjecting as I think of oh, it. Oh no, like, go ahead. Like I was really loving all, all, all the songs, and for me, to you in particular, which I think is almost the standout of from disc one, or one of the big standouts. I never heard for me to you sound so good, mm-hmm. and then, then she loves you comes after that, mm-hmm. and it's my that's my favorite mm-hmm. Beatles song. And I was like, uh, I understand. I, they said maybe they didn't have much to work with that. that I don't know the whole thing. At first, I heard the master tapes not there. Then somebody told me, "No, no, they did work from it." But I've heard it clear. I've heard it more sharp. I've heard exactly. it exactly. Exactly. Mm. What a disappointment! And now my favorite. Okay, hmm. this is my favorite. This is my go-to from now on. And we, you guys mentioned earlier, earlier, rollover Beethoven. Oh, oh my hmm. God, this sounds incredible to me. I think this is the best mix I've ever heard. I mean, this just sounds fresh. Again, it got rid of some of the excessive reverb reverb that I think was in the original. I mean, it's energetic. It's clear. Uh, George George's voice sounds um, incredible. I think I even hear some some kind of ooze that he did in this that I don't recall hearing mm, in the nice. original. The hand claps. You can hear some extra hand claps in there. Nice bass from Paul that I don't remember hearing as clearly before. This is my go-to from now on i think this gives this a, a fresh coat of paint that it's sorely sorely needed i love it bring on with the beatles yep <laughs> that's right uh my other thumbs down uh is i did not like we can work it out um yeah i was disappointed mm, wow. too. I don't know why i can't just yep where's the harmonium I that's the, the thing harmonium. i used to hear right okay i used to hear that more you know, I, so there's so many other versions that you've heard i have on vinyl imports different countries stereo mix and i used to hear that harmonium up more i thought yeah i mean that that to me is a big part of the song why would you bury it in the mix i mean that's I just that. weird my other favorite and then i will pass it on norwegian wood i i if that's mm. an indication of what the yes. soul that is going to sound like we're in bring it on bring it on beautiful beautiful Mm. i love the the extra i mean not just the main the the sitar but even just the plucking that one part you know um Mm. where um you know like she'd asked me to stay and she told me to sit anywhere and you know that plucking i i never i guess i'd never really listened to it that closely before but you can really hear it in this mix and you can Mm. see it's almost like George is like answering or or accenting Paul or uh, John's lead vocal. You hmm. know, I mean, just little details like that. Um, gorgeous. You know, just right. bre- again, breathes new life into it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. say, say, you know, I mean, it's um, just uh, that's as I said, no, and Nowhere Man sounds great. If, if all that is an indication, we're in for a treat. Yeah. So, I I gotta I gotta agree with you 100% on the rubber soul stuff. I mean, yep. I was so excited to listen to this stuff. Um, you know, nowhere man, right off the bat, when you listen to the 2009, uh, you get that when they, they start singing, he's a real nowhere. It's echoey. You know, you don't get that with the with this mix. I mean, it really for me, for my ears, it sounds like they just recorded it yesterday. I, I mean, it, it just sounds so fresh. <laughs> and yeah. yes. Exactly. That sounded good too. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes. you know, 
girl, you know, obviously, you know, out of respect for you, kid, I won't say the part that I liked the best in this. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, but, uh, I mean, I mean, it was just so, uh, it, it's so fresh sounding. These tracks from Rubber Soul was is probably my favorite, my standout on on the red. But yes, the the baseline for Love Me Do is is just so clear. I mean, you can mm-hmm. you can hear it perfectly. It's great. And then I really, really appreciated the, 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 um, this boy, and you really got a hold of me, especially the harmonies, the you know, in the background. I think that you can, you can hear, there's a little more crystal clear. You can hear him a little bit better than what uh, you could in the past. So those were really, um, you know, standouts for me on on the red. Uh, so great job there, kid. Uh, good picks. And yeah, the she she loves uh, she loves you was very disappointing. Because you want, I mean, when you hear it, you want that, you want that drum intro from, from Ringo to really stand out, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, because it's energy, it's all about that energy, and it just kind of falls flat a little bit. And I don't understand what, what happened with those vocals. Yeah. I really don't. None of it but, stood out I mean, to me. Really none of although it. I, yeah. I, I, although, on a plus side, I couldn't decipher so well those annoying edits. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you hear them splicing the song, at, you know, right. the, the, that's, you know, we right. don't hear that, but probably because it's also muted, uh, right. muffled or mm-hmm. something. You know where those edits are, Joe? Oh, yeah. Once once I learned, I didn't even know they existed. And then once I heard them, and I think it was with Past Masters, I don't know, it was somewhere in the notes. And I said, uh, once once they, they explained it to me, then I never unheard it. I can't, every time I hear the song, okay. I know where they are, and I'm like, you know, I hear them. I didn't hear them in this though, because probably because it wasn't that clear. To tell you the truth. See, I don't know what the right. story is about. She loves you because I heard that the master tape was lost. Right. And there was right. a possibility they were going to use Celibdic. Oh, I'm glad yeah, they did. I heard that. I would have been so like the backing but, tracks of Celibdic, no. and then use the the right. English sung in English from She Loves You. You know, separate obviously. Right. Because <laughs> it's not the same backing. Right. You know, it's a new backing. I mean, they perform it right. again. It's not the original. Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't yeah. want that. You know. Yeah. The last thing I'll bring up on on the red then too is is Day Tripper. Um, you know, towards the end, you know, yeah. what what part was it where you hear that little fade out at the towards the end? Uh, you know, it's it's I really love the guitars and and this one. Um, and uh, this one sounds great to me as well. The Day Tripper. I again, yeah. I mean, if you know, this is the what we're gonna get for you know Rubber Salt. I mean, I'm really uh, looking forward to it. Um, yeah. But uh, Joe, let's go to you next. What do you? I'll uh, try to go pretty quick because we. I just want to say, you know, when I first heard "Love Me Do," I mean, I I liked it. I don't think there's much you could do with that, really. Uh, but I thought the bass was really almost too heavy on that one. But I I don't I don't really quibble with it because it is what it is, and it was you know, uh, they, the, the, when they first put it out, uh, well, not the original, but later on. It, that's another one. They had to work off a of 45, mm-hmm. I think, when they put out uh, Rarities or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, but but it's a little bass heavy. But I want bass. That, and that's what I was saying. To my ears, I love that Ringo's drumming is, is brought up. I'm going to mention that on a lot of these. You could hear yeah. the drums. I feel so happy for Ringo. And we always joke that, well, Paul, of course, Paul and Ringo make sure I want the bass up and I want <laughs> the drums up. But I did for me, I was expecting more bass on a lot of these other songs. On Love Me Do, I heard it. Now I've heard these so many times in so many different ways. Like I saw her standing there. I'm used to hearing boom 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 boom. Like I, I saw her standing there, yeah, boom, 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 boom. I didn't I didn't hear it so much. Um 
you know, I, I heard the drums really well. I thought George's lead guitar uh, solo was kind of like off to, it sounded like a little lower than I would have liked. These, these, these are all individual things, how we hear them, you know, differently. Um, I want to hold your hand. I loved that's the for me, that's maybe the best way I ever heard. I want to hold your hand. I was really worried because they used to have I want to hold your hand. If you would listen to them on some of the stereo, I do this so many times. You'd have on this side, they would do the the opening, and then they'd sing. And I'm like, this was all right up there, which is how it should be. I loved I want to hold you. I love this boy, and I heard Ringo more than I'd ever heard that. That was. Really clear and loud. I liked it. Um, standouts. Um, eight days a week, because it's it's another track with Ringo's drumming again. I've told the story every time I'm doing this discussion. Is that I listened to Anthology when they were going through eight days a week, and Ringo's really going on those drums and and the fills and everything and every time they're going to sing i ain't got nothing but love babe you know you always hear what ain't got and i never hear it i'm like it sound you could hear it really good in those anthology sessions and then on the actual release version i don't hear it but i heard it really loud every one of those i hear ringo's drums and i and that's what i was hoping for um yeah i'm trying to go fast i mean there's little nitpicks but overall You've got to hide your love away. I, I, I like the sound mm. of that. I thought that was a nice new clarity to that. You already mentioned the tracks from uh, Rubber Soul. I love Norwegian Wood. Nowhere Man I also loved. But I got numerous comments telling me from people that are audiophiles or whatnot, technical people, that say there was a mistake or something the way the, the timing of something, mm. the drums or something. Uh, somebody could answer that. I've heard that more than once. I don't hear it. To me, it sounds great. To me, uh, maybe I'm not hearing it, but I've heard that more from more than one person. Um, and people keep telling me, "Oh, I liked it better on the the song track, the Yellow Submarine song track from 1999." Right. I thought it sounded great. Uh, if I needed someone, everybody's praising that. I don't know what it was about it. Now I only played that once, and to me, that was a little too for me, a little too bombastic i kind of like if i needed someone being a little more gentle or something i don't know um again all individual opinions and i mean well so many of these i'd heard before too right the the revolver tracks things like that although when we get to the blue album there's stuff that even though they're old older uh, remixes I actually think that the mastering was a little master tweaking was done because I like some of the ones I didn't like so much in 2015 and 2017 or 2019. I like them on this time. I most likely did yeah. something remastering. Well, that's it for, I guess, I don't think I have any more thoughts. There's other things I could say, but I'll leave it to, to Ken. You know. All right, Ken. I, I love hearing all these comments, but in particular, Joe, it's kind of interesting and you raise a good point about bringing the drums up, you know, which yeah. is something that I think a lot of fans probably think is a good idea in making the song sound more contemporary for today. And, you know, there are times when Ringo's drums were kind of buried on a lot of those mixes. Yeah. So 
you bring that up and it's it's interesting that you want the drums to be up but yet if i needed someone you want it to be yeah not- i don't know what it was with that not just the drums the whole thing was up to me not just yeah. the drums okay. everything you know but maybe i'll listen to it again and i'll be like oh what was I talking about? You ever have that? Yeah. Oh, the second time, like, oh, this is, this is great. The second time, what am I talking about? You know. Well, I've only listened to the Red album twice, once in the car and once here. And uh, there's certainly different experiences in a lot of ways because you'll hear things in your headphones that you didn't hear in the car. Right. But, right. Uh, you know, I- I'm pleased with a lot of what I heard on it. Um, what I noticed most of all, oh, by the way, when it comes to Love Me Do, what nobody is talking about is that when the Red Album first came out, we had the Andy White version. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know, and I realized that for the single of Now and Then, they made the flip side, Love Me Do, and Ringo was on the UK single, give the nod to Ringo, acknowledge his version. But I was kind of surprised that it was put on the Red version. Yeah, me, t- me too. History yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah, I've mentioned that, but then again, people suggested, well, maybe they're going to wait for Please Please Me, the Please Please Me album. You know, they view that like that way. But even still, why change it? That's the way it works. And um, like, because he always told George Martin, you know, you didn't put me on there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Giles, yeah, maybe Giles didn't want to, you know, have that in his life. And there was no James Bond intro on Help, but but that's only, that's the US, really, right? It wasn't on the. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I do like uh, that new the, the new uh, mix of Love Me Do for all the reasons you gave. Um, you do hear the bass more. It really kind of stands out, has a lot more punch. Um, I remember talking about Love Me Do like in our last show, I think, but I noticed that you could hear the hand claps more. I'm noticing the percussive stuff is brought up a lot, like the hand claps on I Want to Hold Your Hand. Yeah. And in particular, the bongos on a hard day's night. Yes, which I never really paid careful <laughs> attention to, and I now talk on that. Let me know when I can. I don't want to keep interrupting, but yeah, here's the thing. I heard somebody say, if you love bongos, you're going to love it. The hard day's night. Yeah. Me personally, real quick. I hate those bongos, even though I know they're on there, because when I grew up with the United Artists album, you don't yeah. really hear them. And in the original cut of the movie, you didn't hear them. Um, so I'm used to that. And then I used to get imports where it would be really loud on some imports, real too clear. And I was afraid they were going to do this here, but I thought you could hear them, but they weren't too bad. They were just enough on this. Okay. But it's just so noticeable. Yeah. I listen to it now. Um, you know, so many of these songs I feel have a lot more punch to them and a fuller sound. Please, yep. please, please, one yeah. of them. I saw her standing there, I, I felt was really powerful. Um, I feel fine as a much fuller sound. I was very disappointed with She Loves You for all the reasons we just gave. Um, this boy, such a full, rich sound with the harmonies, like you never heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, all my loving, I like hearing the separation in Paul's harmonies which are much clearer that stand out that way. Harmonies on You Really Got a Hold on Me, I think were fantastic. Um, there's more cowbell in A Hard Day's Night. <laughs> uh, uh, and I love her sounds very clear. Um, I think you were saying, Joe, eight days a week, the drums much more mm. upfront. Uh, drums much more pronounced on I Feel Fine. Um, 
Ticket to Ride sounds really clear. Uh, what I like about, I, I do love all the Rubber Soul songs. I think they really stand out here yeah. in the collection. But in particular, if I needed someone, the opening guitar is right in your face. Yes. Mm. Again, that. you know, as someone who really feels that for the most part, not 100%, I really like the way that George Martin mixed the Beatles. I think when it came to balancing the sounds, he was great. And with the exception, now we're talking about the drum should have been up more. Um, yeah, you could bring that up. And what you were talking about, uh, Joe, with the the John Lennon interview with Dennis Elsis about Revolution, and he was basically saying that the the stereo version of Revolution right. was really weak. It, it lost its guts. Yeah, the mono one was the, he the heavy one. Yeah, so if you, you listen to Revolution in mono, it's so much more powerful. Yeah. That yeah. way, and I do like the the newer mix in stereo of Revolution. But so, then you uh, lose out on I got blisters on my fingers on the mono version, though. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Said so, no, and 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 the the mono version. Yeah. yeah. Does it have? Oh, the mono. All oh, right, the end of right. the mono version. Yeah, the mono. Right yeah, right you don't get uh, I got blisters on my fingers. Right. You have mono. to have that. Yeah. That's how it came out originally in mono. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, in my life the drums are up for the most part i'm 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 pleased but i gotta listen to it more to give a really fair assessment mm -hmm. to be uh quite honest about it um you know it's it's like i said before i think a lot of us are thrilled when we hear something that we hadn't heard before but maybe there's a reason why that was maybe that shouldn't have been brought up hotter in the mix right so but it also can give you an appreciation for things that are part of the song that maybe you didn't give enough attention to or realized how important they were in the entire production. Right. Um, there's one song I'll bring up in particular for the blue album for that. So. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned that uh, with the, with the, this boy and you really got a hold, hold on me, the harmonies. I mean, you really feel like they all three, you know, John, George and, and Paul were, were recorded on, on different, um, different, you know, mics or they're, if they had their own, um, they they had their own mix, so it doesn't feel like they're all on one, all on one. You know, it does sound like it's kind of like a surround sound type of thing for me, yeah. where it just feels more open uh, mm -hmm. and not, you know. So I, you know, I really like that. But um, all right, with the blue, um, I, I I think everybody's really talking about I am the Walrus. Okay, I, well, I see yeah. a lot of people, yep. uh, you know. So maybe we should get the uh, the Walrus in the room out of the way here <laughs> and. Uh, and an open discussion uh, about the the walrus mix and oh before we get that kit do you see any comments uh about people with the red if they if they got the favorites or uh let's see here um let me see um let's see uh mark uh Zuckoff said the new mix of love me do is what made me excited to hear the rest of the remixes um, until I heard that with headphones, I was not enthusiastic about them. Um, then he said, I have no problem with the Congos or the Bongos, sorry, on a hard day's night. I think it sounded great. So it wasn't bad on this. Too bad, one. Too bad Joe. <laughs> no, I said it wasn't. I don't know if he's talking yeah, okay. about this. I'm not, I have no problem on this one, but some of the imports mm -hmm. I've heard where it's even clearer. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, let's see. Okay. Um, Let's see. Uh, Susan uh, Gagney said audiophiles are complaining that the hi-hat timing is off on the stereo version, but not the Atmos on Nowhere Man. 
That's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah referring to. Uh, that's, that's yeah, interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, just skimming here. We're still doing a Ringo album, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We'll Calm be down, uh let's see uh uh susan also said the inclusion of you've really got a hold on me over long tall sally puzzles me long tall sally would have certainly been a good inclusion for the covers that's a that's a classic Mm -hmm. yeah for sure okay all right so that's a good start then um all right uh walrus joe Go. Oh, you got me first. Okay. <laughs> well, somebody said I'm going to use it. I forget who said it. I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to call this I was the walrus now instead of I am the walrus. Oh, well, I, you know, well, when <laughs> wow. I first heard it, here's the thing. When I first heard it, you know, at first it takes some getting used to because of John's voice is just so much more clear and everything is mm. so much clearer. But I, I, I've come to accept that and, and, and enjoy it. You know, you can always listen, like we said, to the old version. Um, I've had this embedded in my brain for how many years it's been, 50 year or whatever yeah. years now, and whatever I'm listening to it. And, you know, I'm all right with it until we get to the end. And when I say the end, I specifically mean, like a lot of people saying, the radio play. Mm-hmm. Some people said, I think Beatley Tone said the other night, it was really like 35 seconds. You know, it's just not the same record anymore. It's just not. You don't hear... Uh, the voices the way you should, and you don't hear the King Lear as loud as you should, and all the things that are very, very uh, audibly like bury my body and sit you down, mm-hmm. Father, rest you. People say, I heard it, I heard it, I got my I had my earphones on. You could hear, I'm out, yeah. you know. I say again, I don't listen, I don't walk around listening to earphones all the time. I think you should be able to hear, like on the real record, the original record, you could hear it on the radio. You could hear it on your speakers. You don't have. You shouldn't have to have a, a headset device in order to pick that up. You know, in my opinion, I just think the end of the song was butchered. It's a disgrace. Um, the rest of it, I'm fine. People, people keep saying, I, "I like the new mix. I like the new mix." I, I have no problem with the first over three quarters of it. I guess it's just that radio stuff. And I know about the idea that well, it was in fake stereo or mono originally, and the, the demixing process. There might have been a compromise or something. And Peter Jackson was trying to talk about it on the interview that uh, Ken did with, with him. And uh, I just don't know why they they couldn't, if that's the case, just could you demix and then remix most of it and just for the end leave it the way it was? You know, it's just my opinion. Uh, I think I, I just think it's a, sh- a damn shame what they what happened to the end of that song. There you go. Interesting. All right, Kit. Yeah. Um. In an interview with uh, Rob Sheffield and Rolling Stone, um, Giles Martin said, uh, "I'm the Walrus was so deliberately screwed up in its creation. The biggest issue I'm I'm the Walrus is that the stereo in the second half is basically an artificial double track mono, just a mono that goes through an ADT machine. So you're having to ADT a bunch of separate stuff and stick it all back together again. So that's his, that was his explanation as to why that happened at, at the second half. I still don't quite get that. You right. know, why why that was why they still couldn't have fixed that. Um to be honest, even with that, the the rest of the remix didn't really blow me away anyway. I mean, I I thought I mean it's it's a 
like the others. I mean, it is kind of a queerer mix, but I mean, I, I just kind of felt like it didn't really improve upon other mixes I've heard anyway. I mean, even the original. Um, or definitely not, you know, the the others. I, I mean, I know, I just, it just didn't really... You know, as you said, Joe. I mean, yes, you hear John's voice clearer, and I got, and I got used. I accepted it as as an alternate version. You know, yeah, but I mean, it's just but, not. I, but it's it not. I I'm agree with you, though. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's yeah. not like wow. I'd really, I'd replace this, you know, yeah, with yeah, this. Yeah. I mean, I would. This is my go-to. No way. I mean, yeah. I I yeah. just thought, yes, you hear the strings clearly and so forth, and maybe some of the other um, effects and so forth i mean you hear a little bit more clearly but i mean overall it just didn't really you know i mean i just there's so many other mixes on these discs that impressed me a lot more than mm -hmm. this i mean mm -hmm. i don't know about you guys but i i just thought yeah. it was fine hmm. but I, don't know. I, I gotta say yeah i gotta say one thing i really noticed while listening to on headphones was the was i thought the 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 cello during the um during while john's doing the verses not the chorus but the verses you can follow along uh you can hear it uh, it sounds like it's brought up a little bit more you you hear it a little more clearly as 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 he's singing um um the verses and i really appreciated that because i that's just one of the sounds that i really really appreciate on the uh you know i am the walrus especially uh -huh. you know at the at the beginning of the track you know you know i mean i really like yeah. it but then there's also more to it that goes throughout the song that you can really hear a lot clearer mm -hmm. on the uh, with you know with headphones you know i you know i i'm kind of a uh a kind of a little you know shakespeare fan uh in a way i do appreciate the the king lear stuff uh you know so i do want to kind of hear that yeah. you know a little bit a little bit more mm -hmm. but again we have the original, so I mean, if this isn't, this won't be the go-to, unfortunately. You know, no. so not everything, you know, can. It be, may be the you um, know we don't know if it's going to yeah. be the one that you always right. hear now every time they play it on the radio right. or somewhere. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. right. But uh, but I yeah, I mean, it didn't bother me that you couldn't hear it as clear as clearly. Maybe mm -hmm. you know, as as for for Joe, but um, it was fine. Mm -hmm. But okay. you know, Tom, if I may, it just was. It wasn't yeah. just that it was too low there were other sounds right. new sounds radio things going on that, we, right. that weren't even part of the original the static me, yeah, yeah. The, the kind of like the static that you get when you used to turn the dial in between yeah. radio yeah. stations but, yeah right. but to me though it's yeah. every bit and argue that the original end of the record is every bit yeah. as much a part of the fabric of the song and the, yes. the lyrics and the beat it's just because right. it, well I guess if somebody new hears it, a, a new young person first first time they don't know the difference. But when when it when it's in right. your head so much, I'm like it's just not. Oh yeah, not, I am the walrus. Absolutely. Anymore. At the end, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Ken, I can't add too much to to what you guys are saying. It's <laughs> you just really and truly. I mean, uh, Beatles songs are a work of art, and there's a reason why certain things were put on there. And um, having the King Lear stuff at the end of I Am the Walrus was a bit of a miracle at the time because it was fed live into the actual mm. recording. And you want to hear all that dialogue. You shouldn't have. Was that from a TV or from radio? Sorry, Ken. You know what they did that from a TV or well, from a radio? I thought it was radio. It was, radio. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, yeah, you shouldn't have to struggle to hear that. There should be something covering yeah. it up. 
while you're listening. And there was like this swoosh of like orchestral yeah, stuff right. going on that wasn't there. One point in there, it's like, what is that doing there? I mean, what is the purpose of having that? Why is that even necessary? That's that's mm. tampering too much with the recording. You know, it's like yeah. what we said with Helter Skelter, only this is even more drastic. Right. So, um, yeah, but I do like the rest of the mix of Iron the Walrus, and I do like a fuller sound. It's like a wider mm. sound. It's like you hear things clearer and fuller. Louder, yes. Louder is not as important as getting a full sound to me. But, mm. um, yeah, I appreciate that aspect of it. But th th there's no reason to to add all that other stuff at the end. Mm. Widescreen radio. I think sometimes uh, <laughs> can I just segue into this? I mean, because uh, yeah. sometimes you hear new things. And I hear new things and I think, oh, I like that. And one of the examples of what we're getting into is when I heard the track Magical Mystery Tour. I'm listening to it. You know, I think I know these verbatim, you know, and I'm listening and I'm hearing there's a guitar in the right channel. And I'm right. like, yes. I never heard that yeah. before. That's, that's weird. That's good. Yeah. I like that. But I liked it. And then and I'm glad Kit confirmed it because I thought I was losing my mind. And then nope. I, 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 I rewound I, it to hear it. Yeah, again. I, I, like, I, read, I, read, <laughs> I read an online review and they said, and then suddenly out of nowhere on the right side comes this new guitar. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, what's buried? They didn't use it. I guess, or not allowed anyway. They didn't mm. use it originally. And that right. the artistic uh, decisions, there you go again. Did they want you to hear that guitar? Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, Ken, let's keep uh, going with you. I mean, the rest of your thoughts on, on the blue standouts, stuff that didn't work for you. Um, uh, well, the most important thing with the, re the newer remixes, but. Um, right. I liked um, Hello Goodbye a lot. I felt the piano was brought up a bit there. Um, sometimes, like with Magical Mystery Tour, at the very beginning when Paul is singing, you know, right, step right this way. Oh, that, that sounded like it was lower. in. The uh, yes. You missed um, a little bit at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I don't like when that happens. Right. Um, definitely the, the big uh, complaint I have to make is with, Hey Bulldog, um, mm. because there's drums in there that are more up front, and there are fills from Ringo that you never heard before in the song. And even though it's interesting to listen to, again, we we approach this topic. Maybe there's a reason why in the original mix it it wasn't brought up. Um, it's definitely interesting. You know, there's there's mm. no doubt about that. I want to hear different mixes of these songs. But I wouldn't want this to be the accepted version. It's just, it's interesting that you heard other stuff that Ringo was doing at the time that was buried in right. um, the original mix. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. It's, uh, yeah, th there's not too much I could, th it's ma mainly Magical Mystery Tour stuff that uh, right. I was concerned about. Oh, Fool on the Hill. Fool on the Hill sounds phenomenal to me. There is yeah. a case Agreed. of song where you got harmonicas and flutes and that's brought up much more so mm -hmm. and you know it really adds a lot to the recording and again mm -hmm. i love the original mix there's no doubt about it but you you feel so much more of how those that instrumentation works in that yeah, I, and see i prefer the original full that's one of the ones that didn't knock me out I, who knows <laughs> we all have different ears yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, 
you know, there's only a handful of new remixes on the blue. So those were my main concern. Uh, didn't spend too much time on the other mixes. Not yet, anyway. How did you uh, like the it ending with uh, Now and Then here on the CD? I think it's awkward. <laughs> yeah. You know, only because in my mind, I'm thinking 2023. Lots of me. And All jumping right. from the long and winding road to Now and Then. I mean, no matter what, it, it's still... I come from a world where I mix all their music together from all decades. So I'm used to right. it. So it's not like I'm going to say this doesn't sound consistent. You know, you can mm -hmm. mix now and then with a song from the sixties, you can mix now and then with a song from the nineties and I'm going to be fine with it. It all flows to me as, as a radio person who mixes all this stuff together, but in a compilation being pre presented this way, chronologically, yes, it comes after the long winding road. But, um, okay. you know, might have made more sense to even still, if you had Free as a Bird, Real Love, and Now and Then, you're still right. jumping 1995 from 1970. Right. But um, I understand why they did it, gave you more of an incentive to buy the Blue Album, but it's still a bit awkward to to jump in years that way. But musically, it's all consistent. Okay. Good. Okay. Very good. Queen, the blue for you. Did it give you the blues or did uh, you uh, <laughs> did you enjoy did you enjoy it? Nicely done. Um, I, uh, you know, as as Ken said, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to focus on the, the few new uh, mixes here. Um, right. Any that that I, you know, hated or anything. I mean, the only real disappointment for me was Revolution. Uh, I thought mm. there, I thought the bass could have been turned up a bit there. Uh, you know, I wanted the the drums and, and bass to kind of hit me on that because that's just such a, you know, as the kids say, a banger. And, and I wanted to, you know, really feel it. Um, and yeah, I was surprised that the bass was turned down on that. I mean, you know, as Paul played some great stuff and I, I was kind of uh, kind of surprised. So that was the only but it wasn't terrible or anything, but that was kind of the only disappointment. Um but uh but i would say um i i loved full on the hill that was probably my favorite mm. i i can um it just the, the instrumentation the flute and and right. uh, it just hurt you could really hear it and and it just uh, and paul's vocals just had you know i mean many of the tracks on these albums you know i like to say i mean it was in some cases not all but you know kind of like a dirty windshield that had been cleaned off you know and you could really hear everything i mean everything just sounds crisper and, yeah and full on the hill is a good example of that i mean it's just the sound just and, and it just has a fuller sound it just develops you and full on the hill is is a great great example of that i loved it magical mystery tour so glad you mentioned that joe i really did yeah. i I, I like went back. I'm like, did I hear? What does that get you? Yeah, like, well, <laughs> I, I, and, and you know that makes me think. I we didn't mention too. I didn't mention too much. Even back to the Red album, a lot more guitars and like uh, John's guitar, George, a lot more jangle sounds. A lot. Yeah, some different rhythm patterns and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, wow, never noticed that before. Yeah. Uh, Old Brown Shoe sounds nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nice. No, yeah, nice. I want to talk about that in a minute here. Nice, uh, nice, clear sound. So, I mean, those are those are, I'd say, the standouts. As far as now and then being on on the end, 
Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Ken. I think it's a bit awkward. I mean, it's, you know, because it just doesn't sound, I mean, it's Beatlesque. I know that. I mean, yes, it's, I mean, all four Beatles are on there. But I don't know. I, I still think either, as you said, there should have been all of the later singles on there, or it should have been just a single on its own or something. But I know that was added just to, you know, mm. as an additional uh to you know get people to buy this i right. mean let's face it um but uh it still sounds a little weird to me but not a big deal i mm -hmm. mean that doesn't ruin the yeah. whole thing or anything <laughs> yeah i i uh, agree with you guys on fool on the hill uh absolutely sounds wonderful uh the one that i really want to talk about was was with old brown shoe because in one way um, you know, that baseline is just incredible and it just shines throughout that whole song. However, then I thought that George's vocals on, on this new mix is kind of sounds like it's, it's just brought down or, or muddled or, or something like that. So mm. it's kind of like you get, you know, the best of the bringing up the instruments, but yeah. then the vocal, you know, what happened to the vocals, the vocals, yeah. were, you know, were, I remember them being so much better you know than what i'm hearing you know right now but uh but there is a little yeah, echo that, that to piece, them like yeah i can yeah, kind of see what you're saying a mm. little bit a little bit but uh but yeah um because i was really happy that they included old brown shoe because i always thought that this was one of the deep cuts that don't really get any respect maybe just because it was a b-side yeah i mean it was then it was you know you got it on past masters but i've always enjoyed this one um but uh but other than that yeah i mean uh, it unfortunately we didn't get more as 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 much here that hasn't been released yet in the second half you know like like we talked about you know yellow submarine stuff is missing and and uh magical mystery tour stuff is missing but uh all in all i think it's 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 a pretty standout job and in and you know the now and then ending it you know it, it I, sometimes the first time i listened to it i i kind of felt like it it disturbed the the or disrupted the, the the flow of 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 the of the, of it but all in all because i love the song so much um you know it just does it doesn't bother me you know it is what it is now would would have been cool if you know the other two tracks were on here yeah i think so but uh but again I, I, you know i think we have to be happy with uh with these two sets is you know because obviously we're just kind of nitpicking here and there right i mean what's what's really the the worst thing on here you know i'm the walrus maybe i don't know but no uh, i'll get, I'll get my chance yeah okay joe <laughs> i'm saving you for last because i know you've been pretty vocal already on, on your well, channel yeah. about these but let's I, go ahead and to make it official on the show too well i yeah i want to do quick like everybody else could just concentrate on the new ones but i want to say Overall, I love the clarity on this. Like, overall, it's amazing clarity, dynamic. It's great. And I even, all those other songs, Strawberry Fields, Penny Lane, all the Pepper tracks, I loved more on here even than on the others. So I don't know if there's a little more, you know, the remastering's a little better. Whatever. I just like the sound of it all, especially the Pepper stuff and Strawberry Fields, Penny Lane. And then when we get to the other tracks, there's not much I'm going to add except when we get to. Uh, old brown shoe, which I thought was horrid, and I like I love that song. And I was, uh, uh, yeah, God, first of all, that bass is amazing, and I love that bass in there. It's one of the highlights, one of the best bass play in, in, in of all Beatles songs. But this was really, when I heard it, really, but really too turned up 
for this song even. I thought it was really too overpowering on this one for me. For me. And then George's voice, I thought, was too low, like you were saying. Um, but I picked up on stuff that I never thought I heard before. And I hear a lot of background whooping it up and yeah, yeah, and all this kind of stuff, which I'm assuming from Paul, which I'd never heard that much of it before. I thought, wow, if it was there that much, I'd never heard so much of that, like really having a, a good time on it. Mm-hmm. Other people have said, again, I, you know, I, I got to listen to it again. Some of the guitar, a couple of guitars were like compromised in there that are usually on the mix. They're not there, really there anymore. I, I thought that was the worst track of the whole two sets, mm-hmm. actually. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I was picking on, you know, the fade out radio of I'm the Walrus being the worst. That's probably the worst moment. But I think the song for me was Old Brown Shoe. Was uh, I was very disappointed in it. How did everyone feel about the extra drumming from Ringo and Hey Bulldog? Oh well, the, the thing I didn't notice that, but I, you know, but what I notice is I, I, I like I, I'll take anything over the original mix that they they put out, but I think I still prefer the nineteen ninety nine Yellow Submarine song track Hey Bulldog right. to this, <laughs> but I've got to give that another listen now to really listen to what you're saying. Yeah, me too. You know, because uh, yeah. for what you're saying, because I didn't really pick up on that, and I should have. <laughs> If it's out uh, prominent, but I didn't mention also now and then I'm the lone guy here. To me, it just sounded right at home with everything else. Mm. Um, very Beatlesque. It's got the because har- and such harmonies yeah. and otherwise in it. Mm. It sounded like it fits. Some people say it's not a Beatles song. It fits right at home, in my opinion, on here. As far as the bit about it's too jarring to go right to now and then. But if you had the other songs on there, somebody's something's got to be first. Whether it's free as a bird right. yeah. or real love or now and then, it's going to be a jump to the 90s no matter what you do. But yeah, again, through. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, thank you guys for, for that. And thank you, everybody, in the comment section for letting us know your thoughts on the, uh, the tracks on the, the red and the blue. And then we're going to now just jump into an appreciation for, for an album celebrating its 50th anniversary. Uh, released on November 2nd of 1973, going all the way to number two, uh, being stopped by the, the mighty, mighty Elton John and his wonderful Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album. I don't think anybody was going to uh, be thrown Elton uh, with, with that album, uh, especially during its uh, you know the, the, those prime months. Uh, but anyways, the Ringo album, celebrating its 50th anniversary, Joe Mayo, let's start with you on this. The Ringo album, you know, it, it's it's regarded as his best album, right? It's 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 got all three uh, of his uh, ex cohorts on here. Um, is it his best album? And you know, should it be celebrated as his best album? Uh, for one thing, I I think it's his best album. I almost hate saying that because it's so okay. Ringo, we it's the best album, but I like I love Time Takes Time, you know. Right. So I always yeah. put that up there as uh, yeah. as my second favorite. But yeah, I think it's it's it clearly his best album. You know, I, people have may have different opinions. I've never heard anybody else say another album is his best album. It's got so much talent on it. So uh, you know, so yeah. many guests on it. I love the production on it. Um, you know, um, and. I was disappointed, though, that this was it should be celebrated. I was very disappointed that we didn't get a, 
a, a set, whether it was a box or whether it was just an extended two right. or three disc set or something to honor it. I'm very disappointed, but you know, maybe there's a chance we'll, we'll get it. It will necessarily not fall for the 50th. Maybe we'll get it next year or the year after. I hope we get one because right. this album really deserves its praise. And you know, they could have. From a marketing standpoint, I keep thinking they could have tied it into now and then also. The Beatles, again, mm. being coming, being back, you know. I know, you know, we don't want to do that too much when it comes to solo Beatles, but if you're talking about marketing and getting interested in there, you say this was when the closest the Beatles came to a reunion, you know, and you kind of play on that with the now and then right. fanfare. Maybe they could have really had some interest in it, you know. So, I mean, this when you feeling. look at it, this when you look at it, this was kind of the, the first appearance of the Threedles, right? Because you got the, <laughs> you got uh, George, Ringo, and <laughs> John uh, John there, you know, with, with Klaus and Billy. Uh, Ken, this, this album is, you know, just so many highlights uh, on this album. And, I, and I'm sorry if I'm freezing up because, you know, I'm having internet issues as, 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 as well. Um, but um, so many highlights, so many uh, guest appearances on this record. You know, musicians from the band, obviously John, George, Paul on there. What are some of the standout musicians? Because I mean, even you know Richard Perry, the producer. Um, right. You know, what are you? What are your thoughts on the on the the musicians that helped Ringo out on this album? They were the perfect musicians for these songs. I mean, it wasn't just the three yeah. other Beatles. I I would like. Vinnie Poncia to be given some credit here because uh, mm. I know when the album first came out, when I saw his name and I saw that he wrote songs with Ringo, he became a very important person in Ringo's career in the seventies, having written right. something like I, I lost count between 50 and 20 songs with Ringo altogether. And um, so many of them are really strong, but you also had Billy Preston on there. You had Nikki Hopkins, Klaus Vorman, Many of the people that would appear on Ringo albums in the future, of course, Jim Keltner, um, Harry yep. Nilsson, Steve Cropper, Mark Bolin, you know, I mean, cream of the crop musicians at the time, David Bromberg, Tom Scott, you know, these are also people that work with the other <clears throat> Beatles for the most part, so, you know, because Paul kept with wings and had just, you know, he, he didn't really work with a lot of you know, prominent session players of the time. He he gathered together his own group and um and then he worked with superstars like Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder and stuff like that. But um yeah, these were ideal musicians to work with Ringo. And um and and as far as whether or not it's his best album, I think everybody would agree that it's one of his best. You know, and mm -hmm. certainly a lot of people would say it's his best, but I do feel that once he started to work from time takes time on, he really put a lot of effort behind all of his albums. Although I tend to favor the ones with Mark Hudson. Um, right. And uh, and I think the ones post Mark Hudson have a lot of strong material on there to make them all worthwhile. But yes, this is definitely one of his best. And because it was writing at a time when he was coming off of two big hits before this album came out, right. it helped a little bit to propel this album. And also the fact that, you know, he had three other Beatles on there and the solo Beatles in general were doing so well by 1973. And the Red and the Blue came out in 1973. It all helped, um, you know, the sales 
you know, the solo Beatles helped the, the Beatles records, Beatles records helped, helped the solo records uh, during that right. year. So I think that's also part of the reason we look back very favorably at the Ringo album because three major hits from it, two of which went to number one. And, um, you know, I bet a lot of people would never have expected that Ringo would have, you know, an album that successful right. at time. You know, it was the the line that Ringo that uh, that John said. You know, oh, you know, number one song. You, you, congratulations! You know, How dare you? And please yeah. write me a number one. one <laughs> yeah. song. Or write me a hit song, something like yeah. that. Yeah, right. But uh, I'm so happy that it was as successful as it was, and me being a you know a fairly big Elton John fan, I just kind of wish he kind of delayed that album maybe a little bit. <laughs> you know, Ringo might have had a number one album. Man, yeah, yeah what could have been? What could have been? Isn't it the only solo Beatles album to have two number one songs on it? Two number one songs. Um, the closest and... then would have been would have been Paul in the UK with Pipes of Peace because the song Pipes of Peace went to number one, but in the UK, Say 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 went to number two. Ooh, so that was close. uh, the closest. Yeah. Well, you're talking about the UK in the US. Yeah, in the US. Yeah, yes. the closest thing would be um double fantasy having starting over at number one and woman at number two right yeah so and then um and then uh let's say let's see band on the run had you know the song band on the run was number one and then jet i think was what seven um but actually going one one better for paul was uh speed of sound where he had the number one with silly love songs but then let them in was the number three yeah so (laughs) close you know uh, but yeah, Ringo, you know, doing that's it. A, uh, <laughs> that's a great, a great, uh, you know, fun fact, actually. Yeah, you know. yeah absolutely. And absolutely. Photograph Queen. and Year 16. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Both went yeah. to number one consecutively. Right. right. That's the only time in the solo Beatles when, when, when a solo Beatle had two number ones in a row. Uh, two number ones in a row. Queen, Ringo. The fact that, uh, yeah, you got uh, all three. Um, you know, Beatle, you know, Beatles on here helping their friend out. It seemed like they really wanted to, you know, help Ringo get this, you know, get an get an album out there, have success. I mean, they they gave him some great tracks, and the other songs too that were brought in were. I mean, it sounds. I mean, it seems like they really took the time, you know, to to put together a, 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 what is a classic. Yeah, and I mean, they really knew how to write for him. I mean, obviously, Paul, George, and John knew Ringo yeah. extremely well, but not yeah. only personally, but they knew him, you know, musically. They knew how to write for his voice. They knew how to write for him. I mean, I'm the greatest is is yeah. just fabulous because, you know, it's funny. Um, it's it also, you know, is is Ringo sort of telling his life story in a way but you know but in a funny way i mean it's but it's it's a so ringo you know with a with his funny personality and i mean you know probably if anyone else sang that song he'd sound like a jerk <laughs> you know <laughs> saying i'm the greatest john said he funny. couldn't say that <laughs> yeah exactly and precisely yeah if john's saying that apparently everybody would say oh what a you know what a jackass (laughs) but if you know but ringo could do it and you're like oh ringo you're so cute 
You know, yeah. he's so funny, <laughs> you know, but he could do it. Um, and then, you know, with, with a song like Photograph or, um, you know, or anything like that, I mean, he's, he's the, you know, lovelorn Ringo that everybody roots for. I mean, you know, it's, it's just really, um, they just knew how to write for him for his personality. And as I said, you know, the, the songs are in ranges that he can handle. I mean, you know, as much as we all love Ringo, we know, I mean, he's not, you know, he can't hit super high notes or anything like that. They knew that. Um, but there are other, um, you know, wonderful songs on here that, that are just tailored for him. Um, and, and by the way, his voice sounds fabulous on this, on this record. I mean, when you go back and listen to it, I mean, his voice was in just terrific shape on this and also you've got songs that um you know they have some country in it they have some kind of you know just yep. old time rock in it you know it's the perfectly crafted album for him it's mm. and it's just some good solid you know rock pop you name it and so i think that's why it is still considered you know if, right. if not his best one of his all-time best and as you said tom you know all of these you know his 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 friends his ex-bandmates as you mentioned ken all the great you know people who came in all the you know these top musicians everybody was in this to make this a hit for ringo hmm. you know and they wanted to to do this and boy their their work paid off i would say and and ringo <laughs> was determined to obviously right. to make this a big hit yeah and when you talk, Ken, you wanted to add something. I just wanted to say that when John started writing the song, which dates back to 1970, he wasn't thinking this is for Ringo. Right. You know, Not originally. No. Himself, but like we said, he couldn't get away with putting out a song like that. And it was perfect for him. And, and it was a perfect album opener, too. Yes. Yes. And to mention, you know, men mentioning that he comes from Liverpool. Yep. So, and plus you have that front cover of the album, which is so reminiscent of Sgt. Pepper. Yeah. So you got that and an opening cut like this mentioning Liverpool and it's... And, and a salute to Billy Shears at the Sgt. Pepper sound yeah. at the end of the song, yeah. I'm the Greatest. And then it sounds that Pepper applause comes in and everything. It's like a nod to Sgt. Pepper. Yep. Yes, my name is Billy Shears, yeah. etc. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. Great One opening. of the best opening tracks ever. Yeah. 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 And then the way he closes the album with, uh, you know, with the great uh, You and Me, Babe, and giving the credits, uh, you know, and speaking to everybody, giving a shout out to everybody that, you know, helped him out. Obviously, you know, you're at the Mel Evans connection, you know, helping George Harrison out. We don't know yet. Um, you know, I mean, but you got to read the book, you know, to find, <laughs> you know, the, the book. Do you have it right there, Ken? There you go, the living legend, our friend Ken Womack, um, the Mel Evans This is story. the gem, but mm -hmm. yes. So yeah. and we'll be having him on again soon. Yeah, but but the I'll... end that way, I thought it was very clever. Um, but go ahead, Joe. There's a comment from Match Matchstick Man. He made this on my channel, and I'm, and, and I want to see what people think of this comment, especially Ken, if you don't mind my saying. He says, "Alcoholic Ringo made much better music than sober Ringo." And I, 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 I'm torn on that because, I, you know, I don't think he was, you know, well, I mean, yeah, I, there's some good sober Ringo, Ringo, great sober, made, sober yeah. Ringo music. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see here, I, Ringo the Fourth, or yeah, 
Yeah, I don't want time to take time. Um, I don't think his alcoholism was as on display on this as it was no. in, in the other. You know, definitely not. But but regarding that comment, one of my favorite Ringo songs, as you probably know, is "Gave It All right. Up." <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect example. And he does sound, you know, like he's inebriated. Uh, a few, a yeah. few many, maybe in that in that song. Right. Yeah, My mother would say, "Overserved." Yes, overserved. <laughs> 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 but uh, no, I think when Favorite... he picked himself up, he yeah. really put a lot of effort behind his music. And yeah, he really believes in it, and he's right. He's writing more, you know, and stuff. He's, he's yeah. writing even more. And time uh, takes time. I think that's in the. I mean, on my list, that's his second best album. Me too. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that's my number two. Even even ahead of Good Night Vienna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Can standout track? I mean, obviously, this whole album is standout. I mean, one standout song after another. Even what you would consider a deep track, uh, like "Have You Seen My Baby" or um, mm. you know "Step Lightly." You know. What are the what are the you know the tracks that I mean when you put this song on that you you have to you know you want to hear badly? Despite the fact that it was the massive hit that it was, "Photograph" to me is possibly, and I I, I think I've even called it mm-hmm. the best solo Beatles single of all time because mm-hmm. it's not um, only a great song but it's a great production that was put behind it mm-hmm. and everything about that record was done perfectly. The orchestration, the flutes. Um, I think when we've talked about this before, Kit, you were just saying how perfect Richard Perry was as a producer for Ringo, and it shows. And, um, you know, it's like uh, you were just saying before, Kit, about these the, the lovelorn Ringo, you know, the melancholy Ringo, having a sad story to tell. All I've got is a photograph, and you're not coming back anymore, and all that. It's so perfect for him. And um, really... Uh, I like every single song on this album. And yes, I like to go to the deep cuts. Have You Seen My Baby is an outstanding song. And in particular, I love mm-hmm. the piano playing in there, which uh-huh. I think is James Booker playing that. Um, that's a Randy Newman song. I would love to know, because I don't think I've seen interviews with Ringo really talking about, about this at length, how we chose certain songs to be on this album. Like, right, right. choice to do for <clears throat> 16? Or did Richard Perry suggest it to him? Or did someone suggest it to him? To go to this Randy Newman song, Have You Seen My Baby? Who's the Randy Newman fan here? Did Ringo know the song? Did he it <laughs> yeah. out? Did he suggested to him. Um, and uh, Sunshine Life for me is a very big highlight. Yeah. Uh, this really hoedown country song, which for people who love when Ringo does country, he did the Buku's Blues album. Um, he sprinkles country music throughout his solo albums, usually a track here and a track there. Sunshine Life for me works so well for him. Your 16 is is a perfectly produced record that really suited Ringo's vocals well. And the arrangement right. doing the kazoo is so it's so perfect. And six o'clock is an absolute gem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yes. definitely still the best song that Paul has written for Ringo. Um, Agreed. You and me, babe is a definite highlight. I love the fact that Mal Evans wrote a song with George Harrison. Um, and as we're about to find out, and I know Ken Womack said it at the Fest for Beatle fans, there was another song that they wrote together. Yes. Which we'll mm-hmm. find out more about. Um, hopefully in the new book. I'm practically halfway done with it. 
uh <laughs> I like every everything on this album really oh my my is great you know uh would love to know how ringo got together with vinnie poncia for someone that important in his career mm -hmm. so um those are all definite highlights i love all the songs really in some ways step lightly is a highlight because it's written completely by ringo and it's a ringo, very right. song that works for ringo and he does tap dancing in it um <laughs> I like all of it. Devil Woman, which is a solid rocker. So I think I mentioned every yep. song. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> Zing. Joe, what are the what are the highlights uh, for you there, Joe? Well, photograph number one, even though that's probably the most you know o o overplayed right. song, but uh, I have big memories of that because I was eleven years old. I bought the forty-five with the picture sleeve, and that um, was a big radio favorite. I love that. But I was going to mention, I guess, uh, like Ken, well, Ken already did a good job uh, naming the, what what are good about all these. Um, I, I, I mean, six o'clock is probably, other than the ones that you usually the hit, the, the more hits, you know, hmm. six o'clock is just great. Like like Ken said, probably the best song Paul wrote for Ringo. Although I'm wondering if feeling the sun sunlight is up is coming up there for me now, or the new one. I don't know, but no, six o'clock is just such a masterpiece. It's, it's such a grand track, and a longer version available yes. on the cassette, right? And each um, CD, CD as well. I love Oh My My. Uh, you know, well, the thing is, I bought the, the photograph single. My younger sister bought bought Oh My My. I still have a, the copy with her initials on it. She wrote her initials on the apple, anyway, and. Uh, uh, you know, it's funny. That's like disco-y or dance, you know, dance yes. track. Before disco really, I mean, when did it really start? 75? Or when? In the mainstream, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it seems like, you know, it was, but that, you know, do we use that the dreaded word, the D word? Not a dreaded word. <laughs> the dated word? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's no, true. It's true. Uh, I do love the song. I love the song, and I love the memories of when it was a new song, you know. Yeah. Um, and yes, uh, have you seen my baby? Is, is fantastic, great, great second track there. Uh, the piano in there, you know. Um, Sunshine Life for me, Sail Away Raymond, you know, George Harrison track, like a twangy, uh, country sound. You know, I mean, I it's funny, I, I'm not as big on people gonna don't, don't throw the tomatoes at me, but I'm not, I'm not as big on like, uh, Step lightly, Devil Woman, and You and Me, Babe. Those three. Um, I really? mean, the, oh wow! I, I, I don't love Get those. Get the baseball songs. bat out, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. So to me, it's not. You know, uh, there you go. I mean, I mean, I can listen to them and enjoy the Step Lightly. I enjoy with Ringo doing his thing. You know, his lovable, charming Ringo. And I don't think he had to redo that on later on the Ringo 2012 album. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, what can I say? You know, yeah, those are my those are my All feelings. Right. I I I dig oh my my, but at four sixteen, I think it I think it could shave you know thirty seconds. The, off the fade the fade is a little long. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you can. You know, I mean, the oh my my, the repetitiveness of it at towards the end, I think maybe just goes on a little too long. Although I love that room, the bass part. <laughs> you got those, those female singers. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, what can you say about Photograph? I mean, it's it's just, and I love how he says, that, you know, it brings on a new meaning to him now when he did it at the, yeah. the concert yeah. for George. It was very, very moving um, when he did that. But, but 6 o'clock, hands down, is I think the, 
the the best song Paul has written for for Ringo. Um, it's I I like I think I like the longer version maybe a little bit better, but um, it's great. And I do love Devil Woman and You and Me, Babe. I I think uh, those are two really um, deep cut Ringo tracks that I think really stand out. Um, but uh, you know, you're 16 nowadays. It kind of feels a little, <laughs> you know, creepyish. You know, but, never thought um, about that till modern times. Yeah, <laughs> right. But again, it's it, but it's one of those songs that I think goes well with Ringo. I mean, it's one of those cover yeah. tracks that that you know you associate with you know with, with Ringo. So, mm-hmm. um, so good stuff. But Kit, uh, let's end with you on this. Uh, the standout tracks for you. Okay, well, uh, as as you all have said, photograph, of course, um, and uh, oh my my, is I, I agree. I mean, that's a that's a catchy, well crafted rock pop kind of song, and I agree, Joe. It does have like a good danceable beat to yeah. it. I mean, that could have been played in discos. Anyway, I mean, yeah, really that's what fun. he's singing. When it, right? when, when he started dancing, I, I jumped off the table or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Dance. Yeah, very true. I'm the greatest. I I just love. We've talked about that, but I just think that that was a great song John wrote. Um, even if it wasn't originally for Ringo, it just fit his personality perfectly. I love "Sunshine Life" for me. I I mm-hmm. just, every time I hear that, you know, as a, a deeper cut, uh, I just smile. Um, and members of the band, of course, played on that. Yep. Uh, I mean, the instrumentation on that is just wonderful. I mean, it's it's just, you know, I just picture, you know, Ringo or, or just, just like dancing on a hilltop or something, singing that. It's just so joyful. Uh, and uh, I, I love it. And as you said, you like country Ringo? There it is. I mean, and right. it almost has kind of a, almost like an Irish wilt to it as well i i just like kind of an irish folk song kind of hmm. uh i love that um a couple of you mentioned if you like it you listen check out real quick not to interrupt but check oh, out no. don mcclain's version of uh sunshine life for me Ooh. it's quite interesting yeah. i'll have to check that out I, I definitely will uh and i do like devil woman and uh mark uh, zuckoff mentioned in the comments and i agree Great uh, drumming by Ringo on that track. Drumming's is yeah. very good. Yeah. That's some that's some standout drumming. Uh, and that's that's a reason, uh, another reason I really like that song. Um, and I do like you and me, babe, particularly as a closing track. Um, and not yes. just because yeah. Ringo thanks everybody. It, it, it's a, it is a great closer. I agree with a that. Great closer. I mean, yeah, I don't know if I would like it as much just as a standalone, but but as a closing track, and it just fits so well with the cover you know and with the which of course that's another thing great cover mm-hmm. you know and it does kind mm-hmm. of imitate sergeant pepper a bit um but it it fits the whole album where it's kind of a stage uh and you have mm-hmm. you know in the opening track with i'm the greatest here's ringo coming out on stage introducing himself he's billy shears you know and then <laughs> you have that closing track you and me babe here's Here's Ringo exiting the stage, thanking everybody. You know, I mean, Very it's nice. Ringo the Entertainer. You know, <laughs> it's it's perfect, and it just again shows what a well-crafted album this was for Ringo's not not only as a singer and a drummer and everything, but just as an all-round entertainer. Mm. You know, I, I know it's never going to happen, but I always wish that Ringo would close 
his concerts. Yes. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, I would. Be, I would want. I would want to hear that. Yes. You know, even though a lot of people in the audience who only know Ringo for his hits are not going to know that song, it is so tailor made. Saying goodbye and leaving the stage and right, everybody. Um, and he can change it up, right? He could thank the members of the of the band of his current band, yeah. right? He doesn't, yeah. Exactly. It's a real shame that Ringo doesn't think along those lines, you know. But what yeah. are you going to do? We're lucky to have him, but <laughs> it would be it would be nice. And what? do snookeroo, Ringo. Oh, that's, please, that's a de- that would work so well live, snookeroo. Yeah, yeah. that'd be uh, awesome. In the Eight Arms to Hold You book, um. Yeah. You say that you and me, babe, was considered for a single. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. So, in those days, they didn't have four singles. <laughs> yeah. Three was considered a lot. That was that was a, a big yeah. development for albums. You know, yep. to make it to three singles. So for Ringo to have three hits, Paul to have three hits on Ben on the Run, that was a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the U.S. band on the Run. The U.S. That's true. Yes, baby. Anyways, is one interesting thing uh, about photograph, um, which I, I think is mentioned in Eight Arms to Hold You, but originally there was a recording made of that song, and George produced it, and this was during really? the material world sessions, and it's separate from mm-hmm. what was released later that Richard Perry produced. If there ever is a box set for Ringo, I would love to hear that early version. Mm. me too i'd love to hear that definitely i would love to hear any demo you know obviously we had you know good night vienna you know from john you know i would love to hear the feeling the sun fun sunlight from from paul right uh yeah whatever demo works are, are out there that were given to <laughs> ringo i would love to hear you know you know those versions you know and see what uh, ringo did differently if he or if he just you know followed along with the, the vocals but uh definitely would be cool Hmm. definitely would be cool but um but that's going to wrap it up unless anybody's got any last second uh words for no for i'm the just Ringo i'm very album. impressed how how we were able to get all all we said so much about the album in a relatively short time you know I think yeah. we <laughs> this, i thought it was well done i want to say this is an album like we said should come out as a box set but also because yes. of the wonderful packaging behind it and all of the illustrations mm-hmm. that Klaus Vormann did. Klaus, yes. yes. That's right. You know, Shout out to Klaus. This is one yeah. where you got to have the vinyl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Because all of these great drawings from, from Klaus. This is for I'm the Greatest. Yes, that was one of the best ones right there. Yeah. yeah. He is just, he did such wonderful work for the Beatles through the years. He sure did. You know. Absolutely. And I also think, oh. Actually, when the album first came out, that second song on the album was mistitled Hold On. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Baby. Two versions of the album cover. Hold On. Yeah. Oh, no, just going to say, I I think it's, it's also, you know, really interesting when you listen to the album now, how... It really doesn't sound that dated, you know. Even though it's fifty years old, uh, it it really still sounds pretty fresh. I mean, it just shows you that, you know, classic rock, you know, and the really doesn't age at all. You mm. know, really no, does. I agree. I love it. It's yep, a solid album from start to finish. You got it. 
Excellent. Well, thank you, everybody, for, for joining us on, on this episode. We're going to uh, go around the horn here and see what everybody's got coming up. And, uh, you know, Joe, we want to start with you. All I could say is on my YouTube channel, Mean Mr. Mayo, there's been a lot of stuff the last two, three weeks about now and then, about the Red and Blue album, all kinds of Beatles stuff. If you, if you haven't had enough, I'm starting to have, a, have enough. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But you know, check check out a lot of those videos and live do live streams. Check out my Fab Gab show. You know, I'm trying to get back into the Fab Gab podcast where we have guests on and things. And check the playlists out for that. And uh, yeah, that's uh, my very short as usual update. Well, your movie. Do you want to plug your movie channel as well? Well, not really. No, I have a movie channel, <laughs> but I haven't been doing much because the Beatles have been taking over all my time. Um, but I do right. have a movie channel for uh, it's called Mayo's Offbeat Movies, where I talk about uh, odd movies like horror, science fiction, fantasy, uh, cult movies, also normal movies like you know Gone with the Wind and things like that on the side. But uh, stuff like slasher films, like the movie that's out now, see it Thanksgiving for all you people <laughs> for all you people that like those kind of sick depraved movies it's one of the better ones of that genre okay although i prefer okay. the old black and white subtle classics with frankenstein and dracula but excellent okay queen i'm What's still up? processing a thanksgiving slasher movie okay so yeah yeah so, oh it's processing good. that there's a story <laughs> behind there's a story behind that we'll have to tell you one day okay cool i don't know if i want to know it but cool Anyway, so, uh, so, and I just wrote in the comments, uh, uh, everybody stick around for a minute more because, uh, we will tell you what's going to be going on with our next show. Uh, we have some very special guests that will be, uh, coming yes. that you do not want to miss the announcement. So, um, first of all, uh, if, uh, about where you can find us on uh, talk more talk, you of course can find us right here on this channel. And uh, we wanted to welcome, we got a bunch of new subscribers after our last episode on Now mm -hmm. and Then. And I uh, want to thank yes. everybody for uh, for joining. Thank you so much and welcome to the new subscribers. And of course, thank you all who've already subscribed. If you have not, well, what are you waiting for? Uh, just hit that subscribe <laughs> button. And, uh, and we thank you all, of course, for your support. Couldn't do this without you. Uh, you can also find us on virtually any uh, podcast streaming platform you can think of uh, just uh, you know rate us there if uh, if you would like and uh, subscribe to us there you can find us on Facebook and if you like us on there you can be notified of all of our new episodes that are coming up um, you can email us at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com give us your feedback let us know of ideas you might have uh, for future episodes, you just might find one of your ideas um, on our, a future show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TalkMoreTalk1, that's the number one, and on the web at TalkMoreTalk.com. As for me, um, the latest episode of Toppermost and Poppermost is up October 1963, the UK or US charts rather. And uh, we've got uh, more episodes that we are working on as we speak. 
Uh, and my British Invasion class, which is the next in the series, which is about the first wave, including, yes, the Beatles, uh, will be starting December 7th. And it'll be December 7th and 14th, two nights. So uh, you can register for that. The information is on the Talk More Talk page. Uh, on Facebook, it's on my page. So uh, spaces are filling up pretty fast. So uh, so please uh, register. Uh, it's a fun uh, fun class with uh, it's interactive. It's not just listening to me blather on for an hour and a half. Don't worry. It's uh, we also have discussions and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, at least one of my students is in the chat. So uh, so he will mm. uh, Mark. He will tell you it's a lot of fun. So, uh, so I hope to see you there. And I think that's everything. Okay. Well, uh, Two Legs World, uh, this past weekend, we dropped our latest episode, which is on the recent collaborations that, that Paul has partaked uh, in this, this last year. We got uh, some Dolly, we got Ringo, we got Jimmy Buffett, and we got some Stones. Uh, so that was a lot of fun talking about those tracks. Um, before uh, we started doing this, uh, Andy and I recorded with our old, with my old leg, uh, David. So it was three legs uh, on the show, and we uh, we, we talked about the, their experiences with this uh, this whole uh, Mel Evans book launch. Uh, the one that uh, Andy got to see Ken Michaels at the one in there in uh, was it New York, and then uh, David, my cousin, got to see uh, the Queen in, in Cleveland at, at that uh, at that launch at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So they had a great time. Uh, we talked about those two. We talked a little bit about the red and the blue, and that'll be coming out uh, Saturday, this coming Saturday. This Wednesday, uh, myself, Joe Mayo, Andy, and Beatley Tone will have a new episode of Stuck Inside These Four Walls uh, where we go live and we'll have, you know, just take everybody's uh, questions and, and uh, have, a fun, have a fun time doing that. Um, a lot of stuff coming up, uh, some more authors, more books I got to keep reading. <laughs> you know, it just seems like it never ends <laughs> with these, Tell me with about these it. books, but, uh, but I'll tell you, keep them coming and keep them coming. I, I love all of them. Well, almost all of them, but anyways, uh, but you can, uh, uh, email us at two legs podcast at gmail.com. Um, I was, you know, two legs has, has, has gotten a lot of new subs, uh, since, uh, you know, the whole, you know, uh, now and then um and uh since another show plugged us uh when i'm sure he didn't mean to uh give us uh, all these wonderful new subscribers but he did anyways but that's a story for another time uh so we appreciate for the shout out on that one buddy thank you um but other than that ken michaels besides peter jackson what have you been up to after peter jackson everything pales in comparison <laughs> <laughs> First of all, before I say anything, I don't want to forget the fact that when I bought the Red and the Blue CDs at the indie store where I buy my stuff, if you buy them at an indie store, you get this. What? Oh, wow. Uh, really? Well, I didn't know that. I bought it at an indie store. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's really cool. Get one free CD. At least that's what oh, that's, that's no way. Cool. So that's almost kind of like Chip, the giveaway Chip. they did for the All Things Must Pass. Uh, they yeah. gave away a George that that George Harrison. Uh, it was about the same size. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. But that was yeah. a nice surprise. I wasn't even expecting that. Yeah. Whoa! What a surprise! <laughs> surprise! 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 Uh, surprise. As Peter Jackson. Just want to mention it was. A privilege once again to talk to him and um for those of you that don't know this new interview with peter 
We're talking about the audio for now and then, the video that he produced for now and then. Uh, there's a lot about Mal software and understanding it and how it works. And something that, that Peter did for us, which he was so sweet to do this. He was trying to demonstrate when we were recording the show um, with his laptop playing um, tracks from Day Tripper, isolated tracks, but we couldn't hear it as it was recording. So he took it upon himself to record a clip completely on his own, alone, and send it to us, which we inserted into the show. And it's really cool what he did, because <clears throat> you get to hear there's about, I don't know, 10 to 15 seconds of Day Tripper, but all that was played on the four tracks, isolated. And not only do you get to hear <clears throat> the bass, the drums, the guitar playing, the singing and the harmonies, he even takes you through the drumming on Day Tripper and you only hear the bass drum. <laughs> you wow. only hear the tom-toms. Yeah. You only hear the cymbal. Mm. You only hear the hi-hat. And with the harmonies, he separates them. Even though they were all on the same track, he's able to do that. Yes. There was even a very high harmony that was in falsetto that I never heard before. And I couldn't tell which Beatle it was. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, um, a lot of people really love that part of it. It's like 25 minutes he spends with you playing the same 10 to 15 seconds of Day Tripper, but every part of it. So, it's really special. Check it out. It's on the Things We Said Today YouTube page. And just like um, us here on Talk More Talk, you can listen to us on all the audio platforms. You can hear what Peter Jackson does with Day Tripper there. And his whole job was to isolate everything and send all the tracks to Giles. And then he works his magic and does what he does. So, um, yeah, it was a real treat. It's a lot of things that Peter slips into the conversation, stuff that you never heard before. Um, and... Uh, definitely check it out uh quite an honor and uh, like i said before i wasn't expecting this to be nearly as long as the first conversation which was almost four hours and it still wound up being three and a half hours and the one thing right. that you gather from talking to him is what a, a major beetle fan he is there's so many questions that i didn't even get to ask even in the <laughs> um i hope we can do another one again but i'm just so grateful we got the two interviews that we did um, also, right. if you check out my own YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio, there's 139 shows in total. Lots of wow. great to check out. Um, my Beatles website, KenMichaelsRadio.com. I do have my weekly Beatles trivia in which now you can win this book right here, Living the Beatles Legend, The Untold Story. Isn't that one of the lightest big books you've ever held in your hands? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Well, compared yes. to Jude Kessler, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's definitely a book to treasure. And now it's one of 10 great prizes that you can win, like the McCartney Legacy. Like there's two different Jude Kessler books on John Lennon, uh, the book on Yoko Ono from Madeline Maccaro. A lot of great stuff that you can win on my website, KenMichaelsRadio.com. And um, if you want to get in touch with me, my email address is everylittlething at att.net. All right. All right. There you go. Excellent. Well, Queen, real quick, the, the, like you said, you get a little surprise for our next episode. And go ahead and oh. let everyone know. 
Okay, well, our next episode uh, is going to be very special uh, in a couple of ways. We are welcoming, mentioning that, uh, that uh, Ken just mentioned the book. Uh, we are going to have our good friend, Ken Womack, uh, but uh, for a sit-down interview about Living the Beatles legend, but not just Ken, we are going to have Gary Evans, Mal's son. He okay. is going to be joining us as well. We are so excited uh, to be talking with right. both of them. Um, Gary is the nicest guy. You are all going to love him. He has Mal's sense of humor. He looks like Mal. Uh, it's it's just going to be a lot of fun. Now, it's not going to be live um, because of the time difference in the UK. So right. we are going to be <clears throat> recording it. But uh, it will premiere at the usual time, uh, which uh, the next episode is, I think it's December 4th. Uh, yeah. Yes, December 4th, the usual time it will premiere. If you guys have questions uh, that you would like us to ask, um, I'm thinking, why don't you leave it when this is over? Um, leave it in the comments. Uh, leave any questions you might have in the comments, and then we can pick some of the best ones. And, uh, and then we can ask um, during the interview. So that way it can still be a bit interactive. Um, but uh, so again, it will not be live, but it will premiere at the usual date and time right here on this channel. So don't miss it, December 4th. Kid, I have a question about Gary. Um, how is his anvil playing? <laughs> he claims it's good, but you know, maybe <laughs> maybe I should ask him to to get one and, and we can put it well, to the we test. Could do that on the show. Yeah, there you That'd go. Be great. Yeah, an anvil solo. That'd be great. Well, we're really looking forward to to that episode because we just, you know, the work, I mean, plus the work that Ken Womack's been doing these last 10 years, it's just been top notch, yep. um, you know, so really, really grateful to you, Ken Womack, for, for, for bringing Mel's story uh, to all of us. So that's going to do it again. Again, thank you, everybody out there that has listened, watched, subscribed, hit that, hit that bell, hit that like button. We really appreciate all of you. So for Ken Michaels, Joe Mayo, Kittle Tool, I'm Tom Hanyati saying, for you and me, babe, it's time that we part. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye-bye. What?